Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to Fort Friday. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, as always, the Fort, Michael McHenry. What's up, Mike? Que pasa, mi amigo? How we doing? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. Good. Doing pretty, pretty good. It's really nice out. I mean, again, as most of you probably know, I'm in Florida, Jacksonville. It is 80 degrees. I am loving it. Are you just going to rub it in? Like Yes, oh, absolutely. Okay. It actually was nice here today, just rainy. You know, we, we, oh, we, had, we had a little bit of a blizzard, it felt like, for me at least, in, in Pittsburgh. But, you know, I had some sweet, sweet joy watching Tennessee get absolutely obliterated because right. all I hear is like, oh, is it so cold up in Pittsburgh? It's got to be so cold up there. You probably get snow every single day, blah, 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 and they get more snow, and their whole world shuts down when it snows an inch. Our, our world just keeps going. You know, that's the funny the, the thing. Answers like, get out there and get it done. School, you know, you may have a delay a little bit. Give the kids a little bit of time to sleep in. That's why they do it. It's not because they can't get there. But in Tennessee, they just shut everything down for a week. It's unbelievable. So, ha, Tennessee, ha. I know, right? I was going to say, actually, I, I found out this uh, this past week for they don't even shut down schools anymore. There's like no more snow days. I mean, thanks to COVID, Virtual. they now have the capability to, to uh, do school from home. Man, I feel bad for these kids. But not even know what a snow day is anymore. Man. No, don't, the don't, best feel days. Ba- don't feel bad for them. No. Don't feel bad man, for them. We, we all had our, you know, our thing growing up. I mean, I had to walk to school both ways barefoot. I mean, it just is what it is. You know, <laughs> well, like we, we have to, we have to deal with it. Exactly. Right. So whatever. <laughs> yeah. No, I hear you. But yeah, it's, it's a nice, nice little week now. Yeah. That, that January thaw, they call it. Right. Last week was cold as hell. I actually was in Savannah last week. I talked about it on the show on Monday and it was, I was cold for it. It was in the twenties. So right now that it's 80 some degrees, I'm feeling pretty damn good. Yeah, that is nice. Uh, I was just in Florida. So I got to spend a little time at Bradenton a little over a week, had a blast and it was warm. It was rainy, but um, lost the championship too in fantasy camp. Me and Jack Wilson, we, we fell, we fell short last play. We lost it on tough, tough. No, how? We hit a guy with the bases loaded. Well, come on. Yeah, well, it, it happens. We, Damn, we, were, we were running thin. Our yeah. uh, our 55-year-old legend, you know, was pitching with a bad hamstring, a bad knee, and probably a slightly torn Achilles. And uh, he was having a hard time following through. So he, he, he muscled through and tried to do his best, but one ran up and in and, you know, hit their guy mm. and ended up losing. But, hey, always next year. Always next year. We'll be training all offseason. So how was that? Tell us a little about it again, because we talked a little bit beforehand, right? When Pirates Fest was going on, you were going to be down there for fitness camp. So how'd that go? Uh, it was a blast. Um, the schedule really had to change, and you know the guys were so adaptable. I mean, they they're getting to live out their fantasy. You know, they, they show up and they see their uh, jersey in the locker with their name on the back of it. Uh, we played eight games. We were six and two. We ended up losing the championship, like I said. And the best part is the very last day we we play the campers. So yeah, Jack Wilson, me, KY, Cappy, all playing the campers. Cappy threw, I think, four or five innings. Jack Wilson was by far the MVP. He caught a couple innings, played shortstop, and he pitched, I think, 14 innings. My favorite part is last year they scored on us. I felt like we kind of, you know, maybe even allowed it. Um, This year, they didn't get past second base, and I was very proud of that. Um, Ended up catching about 19 innings. Um, Had had an absolute ball. Um, Everything on my body cramped up. Um, so now I'm, I'm trying to get in shape already for next year. Uh, right before we got on, I was, I was on the bike, 
you know, doing my, doing my miles. I have, I have a certain amount of miles I'm trying to do every week in the new year. So yeah, it's a, it's a blast. I, I can't express enough for people that love baseball, especially kids. If they get an opportunity to go watch these guys, they, they play through everything. I mean, when I say everything, I mean, we'll have stitches. They stitch them up and they throw them back out there. They're bleeding on the ball and they don't want to come out because like they love the game and they love being out there. And I, I think the purity of it is just absolutely incredible. I think you can learn a lot from it, especially if you're a guy, you know, chasing your dream. And sometimes you forget, you know, when you're chasing that dream, it still is a game. Even though you're getting paid for it, it still is a game. So some of the guys that were there training and stuff actually stayed and watched a little bit. And I, I hope some of the uh, front office, you know, kind of pushed them to do so. But if I could have every single dude in the pirate organization watch these guys get after it and, and see a 70-year-old or an 80-year-old catch five or six games and not complain and actually want more, you'd be so impressed. I mean, it's such an incredible thing and I think it gives you an incredible perspective. Now, I'll be honest with you, some of the guys stayed after the game and watched. Scouting? I mean, yeah, no doubt. I might be able to use a catcher and a starting pitcher right now. So, well, yeah, I was doing the Jim Horbold and and trying to get you know a little bit extra feedback in the other games. I'd I'd, I'd film. Yeah. yeah, I had. There you go. People hiding. Exactly. I'm very competitive. <laughs> and if you know Jack Wilson, me and him are on the same team. He's the manager. I'm the associate manager because they don't like me saying assistant coach. So, mm. I would say we're probably the two most competitive dudes down there, and and we try to win every single game, but have fun at the same time. <laughs> Well, I'll say watch yourself on that, you know, that filming because you might have to catch yourself getting an NFL job next year so you don't get suspended. Oh, come on. He chased the money. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, what else does he have Two to prove? Yeah, they're, I mean, the reality of it is they're all cheating and in some way. I, 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 think, I think they slapped him on the wrist with Michigan. And I think he left because Michigan was the one that, you know, put him on the sidelines. And he left because, hey, if you're going to treat me like that and not back me, you know, why wouldn't I leave? So I, right. I respect, I respect his decision. I hate it for his guys. Cause I saw how close they were, but I mean, the whole atmosphere of college sports has changed with the NIL. I mean, it, it's pretty much professional and it's, it's probably even harder when you look at how fast the turnover is. It's, it's a free agent market immediately. Like you don't yeah. have guys you can just, you know, lock in for three or four years. They can go year to year. They can grab a million bucks and bounce it's wild. I mean, what Ohio state's done already is remarkable. I mean, I think they're up to 14, $15 million that they've used of NIL money. They got to figure out a way to regulate it. Um, it's going to change the, I think the entire game um, from top to bottom completely. And I, I don't know how they're going to, you know, regulate it or handle it, you know, maybe a decade from now, because, you know, eventually it's going to be four or five teams and it's going to be rotating guys in and out. It's going to change the landscape of pro sports as well. Yeah, it's it's interesting, but I mean, I'm all about it. Like, good for the kids. Good for the kids, but also their agents are getting paid 10, 15% of, of those things. Those kids are getting abused and used as well. Um, and that's where the regulations have to come in. And I'm with yeah, you on that. And I, but but I don't know who regulates it. That's the problem. That's it'll the happen. Problem. It, it, it will in, in, in some way, shape or form. Um, right. but it's wild, dude. It's because it, 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 the whole idea was image and likeness, but now schools are just paying for these guys to come in. It's just blue chips. If you remember that movie yes. when we were kids, I love that movie. Yeah. Great. That's literally what it is. You know, car dealerships, like oh, I have a couple million bucks. I want our team to win next year. I want to bring in this guy. So you're not yeah. recruiting. You're literally saying, what does the donor want? 
because the donor's got the cheese. He's going to throw the cheese out there and bring in his players. It's it's wild. It's wild. It's nice. wild, wild west. What it is. So well, it certainly is right now mm-hmm. with money. <laughs> yep. Even the pirates spending money, huh? Big time money. The pirates are spending money for mm-hmm. the pirates. Not even just spending money. They gave a contract out to not even a closer, a reliever, not even a closer, a setup guy. Mm-hmm. And he's the highest paid player for the Pirates this year. Mm-hmm. Crazy. What world are we living in right now? Uh, the, the different, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out a best way to say this. The new age Pirates. Um, you know, I think Ben Sherrington and, and Bob Nutting and Travis all putting their money where their mouth is and saying, okay. like, we're ready. And when this team was looking like it was turning in the right direction, we were going to, you know, put backing behind it. And they're doing it a lot of different ways. So I think going out, making sure Kutch gets back, um, you know, getting all the arbitration stuff done really early. There wasn't any fight there. Uh, they didn't have to, you know, try to lowball these guys. That They gave them what they were worth and moved on. I think they're still trying to sign Keller to a long-term deal, hopefully Bednar as well. And then you have, you know, Chapman coming in. And I think him coming in as a pirate is absolutely outstanding. Um, I think he brings a veteran presence. He shows that you have longevity and you can sustain the ability to throw really, really hard with good stuff, but also get better. I mean, his split finger last year was absolutely annihilating when he really was aggressive out in front with it. So I'm excited to see him come in and be able to step in for Bednar give Holderman a blow. But you think about those four guys, Majinski, <laughs> Chapman, Holderman, and Bednar at the end, and you have one of the best uh, strikeout guys and Big Bank filling in that sixth, yes. sixth role. But the biggest thing for me, it's the depth that creates. Every time you sign a major league free agent, it pushes a really good player down back into AAA or into a role where they can maybe develop or grow a little bit more. But that means if somebody gets hurt, which is inevitable, or if they need to replace somebody, they have somebody with experience and somebody with stuff. I mean, that's the thing last year watching that bullpen. There was so much stuff. Even the dudes that did not maybe have the best numbers, their stuff was off the charts. I mean, mm-hmm. you're seeing 98, 99. You're seeing electric breaking stuff. Yeah, they put themselves in some tough situations. But that's the things that can be developed over time and that failure turns into growth for me in the big league. So I'm really excited about how good that bullpen's going to be. So talk to me a little bit about that. So something I point out, and I think what you're kind of seeing here, and it might be premature to label it, right? Because there's, like you said, there's a lot of guys that have stuff, maybe haven't fully put it together and I'll kind of put Horderman in that too. Mm-hmm. Horderman's filthy, but I don't think he's put it together to say like, he is like a legit, setup guy in MLB like you're comfortable with and I say that to the sense of like when you go back to like the mid 2000s when you go back to the the bullpens of the Pirates they used to have which you were part of right Mm -hmm. um again you want to talk about nasty bullpen like if it's the sixth inning it's over it's done you know and I think like this has the potential of that bullpen like Holderman has the potential to be part of that unit and be one of those dudes right last year he showed reasons but i don't think it was put together the whole way to feel truly confident like he is that guy but again like with the chapman signing you have bednar now chapman like everyone slides down a little bit i kind of do look at this bullpen now and, and say like this really has the potential of becoming one of those units in like the mid 2000s again the teams the bullpens you're a part of with the pirates do you see that right now uh, i think Are it could they be there yet i think it could be better i, I think they're already okay. better to be honest um I mean, you have a two-time All-Star Bednar, really figured out who he is. 
Um, and by signing a guy like Chapman, it it's bringing in a guy that's done it all. He's pitching every game, you know, possible. He's pitching just about every role possible. He's even started. And not only does he bring the big game experience, he he brings kind of that ice in the veins experience. And he's been in this division more than any other division. So he comes in with a lot on the table to share with the Latin guys and the American guys. He speaks pretty good English. And I think the longevity of it is, is so important to talk about. This dude has been, you know, almost invincible knock on wood throughout his career. And he continues to show how you know dominant he can be at times. So bringing him in allows Holderman and Majinski and these guys to take a, a deep breath because they don't have to step up in that hole, that hold role all the time or the eighth inning role. He can fill in, he can close some, he can do some things that was asked of baby Holderman in his first year, gets that experience to, to close a game, to do different things, but you can also set up, it absolutely perfect. So say you have a bunch of nasty right-handers coming up. You want Holderman in the game, but now you have a left, right, left matchup. Huh, here comes Chapman, right? Mm-hmm. But now you have some guys that are low ball hitters and, you know, really good with high velocity. You bring a Majinski, you know, throwing at the top of the zone with the nasty color at the top of the zone. So you have a lot of options, but they're different options. And I think that gives you a Swiss army knife of sorts down in the bullpen but it, it once again, it's the stuff that's so impressive. I mean, you look even down into the guys who were getting called up from AAA and the stuff that they had and the numbers they were putting up in AAA. It's swing and miss stuff. And when you have swing and miss stuff, you get out of your own jams. Really good things end up happening in the long run because you're not relying on a ground ball to the shortstop to end that inning. You have guys that can go in and get the swing and miss and just walk to the dugout. And I'm with you right there. Like that's the other thing that really gets me in the fact. I mean, we know it's Chapman, right? But the fact like he is a lefty as well, mm-hmm. that takes a lot of Barucky. You know, that's what I talked about. Like the one thing about this is Barucky had a really good year. Great and, year. Like I had to eat my words, a really good year. Now, what I stated was think about Hernandez. I'm not think about well, what it yeah, does for him. And we'll get there too. <sighs> but I don't know if I go in the batter's box and I fear Barucky, right? Barucky was good, put up good numbers. But I don't know if I'm standing there saying, I fear this guy. I do with, with Chapman, you know? So, like, I think it helps out. Like, Rucky's not relied on to be the only, well, Hernandez we'll talk to, but, like, he was the lefty. Now he can be used a little bit differently as well. And, like, I feel like you're talking about the matchups here. The fact that you're bringing in basically another closer who is a lefty, just it just creates a lot of matchup nightmares, I think. And there's a lot of there's a lot of mix of match. Like, you talk about, you can do with this. Like, I like it as a baseball move. I think this makes a, this bullpen much stronger, much stronger. And that's what I'm going to go back to. And I, 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 I'm trying, I'm not sure if I'm there yet. And I think it's because there's still some unproven, right? There's some filth, but we haven't truly put it together to stamp it yet. But like, I'm, I'm ready to kind of, I'm leaning towards like, this is like a 2012, 13, 14, 15 type of bullpen that's, that's coming. And that's what I kind of like about this too, because it feels to me as if, and maybe we get your viewpoint on this also, you hear and hear and hear the Pirates are on this pitcher, Pirates on this pitcher. They really haven't gotten too many starting pitchers, not ones that really make an impact, right? Was this their way of potentially pivoting? Was it more or less like, hey, you know, we're not, this offseason is going exactly the way we want it to. So what if we just go in, not so much all in, but like put some chips on the table and made a strength, this complete strength. Is that what the Chapman like signing also represented? Or was this something they were kind of looking into all along also? I'm I'm sure they had a list of guys, and as you know, 
I think especially when when uh, Josh Hader came off the board, it opened mm-hmm. up the door to like, all right, who's available and can we get him at this cost? Because those guys that you know were maybe looking at Hader kind of fall down, so they probably felt super aggressive that they needed to go after Chapman if that's the guy they wanted that they thought would fit into that role. And obviously, that's exactly who they were. They got the best, in my opinion, other than you know Hader, they got the best left hander on the market, and they could throw him in into a time where we're not sure how many guys are going to be legitimate starters. So you got to think we're going to have right. a lot more open opener type games. And with the depth we're creating, you're, you're able to bring up guys and Barucky's able to start early on. Hernandez could be, you know, in that sixth inning. And then you have a Chapman later in the game with a division that has some really good lefties. So I think it's, it, it's a bold move. Um, I think it shows that they're probably willing to spend some more money, um, maybe on a starter up to, you know, 10, 11 million bucks uh, in a given year. And you know who I think is out there that would be absolutely outstanding. There's also some other guys that I think would be good for our team and guys that could eat innings because I think that's more of the importance moving forward going into this year. Because if you could keep, all those young arms, you know, you think about the guys that made the top 100 where there's three or four of them that were pitchers, you know, top 100 prospects, they're pitchers with the pirates are all going to be a double a triple a ready to make that move to the big leagues and be impact starters. So if you can keep those guys kind of, I guess, comfortable and growing and developing, but not overexposing them in the big leagues. Like we've had to do the last couple of years, you're going to bring them up and they're going to be ready. And that's, that's the goal. That's the ultimate goal is bring them up when they're running forward. And then you think about JT's coming back and he'll be probably be back full force in May. And they have Mike bros coming back. who will probably be full force, maybe even earlier than May. So you have a lot of good arms coming through ready to go. So if you can maybe manage their workload, well, you're looking in June, July at maybe flipping the script, but you still have those guys that are willing to eat innings or you could flip them and get something else that you need. But having a really strong bullpen has proven to work in Pittsburgh time and time again. And I think looking back to last year, how many guys we had to use, I think they're going to do the same thing. I think it's going to be a revolving door in Indianapolis of guys coming in and out, you know, filling up innings, two here, three here, two here, three here, and they'll go back down. That's what Tampa Bay did when I was with them in 17 and they kind of started some trend that's never stopped in the opener and the bullpen day, because you can really manage guys innings and maybe they're former starters. Maybe they're guys like JT, you know, he throws two innings and then three days later he throws two innings. So you can really get innings out of guys and, and maybe maximize their potential not have to see them go that third time through by doing that. So you have an advantage in a lot of different ways. So I think they're being very strategic. They're being different. I still think they're going to go out and either trade or sign hopefully both um, starters and create even more of a competition and depth going into spring training because I think it's so important. Yeah, I agree with you. Now, you did say something. There's a guy that you really want. Who's the who's the free agent that you would love, love to see? Bauer. I mean, he's a top 10 pitcher in the world. Uh, gotcha. He said it. Um, I agree with it. I don't think you can find a better guy, and he wants the opportunity. And I think you could get him with – just about any type of contract you want. I think you need to pay him. I think that's out of respect and it could be incentive based and then have a mutual option going forward. But think about having a guy with that capability at 33 years old, who's coming off an all-star season, one of the best guys in Japan last year. He's, he's kept his, his 
his nose clean, his mouth shut, um, and he just wants to pitch. And I think he'll be good for the young guys. Every team he's been on has gotten better. And you cannot say, especially after the Diamondbacks, because he grew up, and as much as he's fought against Manford and MLB and some of the changes, he's kind of taken the back seat. He's stopped that. He's he's you know held his own when it comes to people coming after him and not gone forward with maybe attacking others, which maybe is back into his character a while back, but he's just completely changed. And I think forgiveness is warranted. I believe in grace and forgiveness, and I think this guy could come in and really help. I think the Pittsburgh Nation would really embrace this dude. I mean, you're talking about outside of Garrett Cole, the best pitcher we would have in a Bucko uniform in the last decade or two. So uh, I think it'd be really special. And having him be able to pour into Skeens, I, I don't know if you could ask for a better person to be able to balance being a first rounder, having elite stuff, and maximizing your stuff year in, year out, and continue to get better because that's what Skeens got to do. So eventually he's not going to be 98, 99. He's got to learn how to pitch and refine those pitches. And he's got the stuff. He's got that ability and he wants to. You put him around someone that's an expert in maximizing his potential. And Trevor Bauer, I think it's only a benefit. So let's get into it because <laughs> this, is a, this is a hot topic for NS9 this week. I'm not sure if you, you're aware of that. Um, so one, Neil wrote an article, kind of set things ablaze. Um, and I'll say this. I mean, you can definitely admit this, right? Whether side you think of or whatnot, how you think of him in the pitcher or whatever, certainly a polarizing topic and player. And I feel like everyone has an opinion, right? Mm-hmm. So we talked last night, um, Tyler, myself, and Jim, you know, about Trevor. Um, right now we're recording this Thursday. You're watching it Friday. But there's also a show that just aired earlier today on Friday that Ryan and Geddes talked about this uh, same scenario as well. So I want to talk about, but we had a question here. It's a, it's a perfect segue into it. So let's go ahead and play the question. We can talk, uh, bring that up, and, and let's, let's talk about this a little more. Yeah, I'm wondering for Fort, um, if you were in the clubhouse for the Pirates, if they were to sign Bauer this offseason, would you personally have any ill will towards the guy and, in a sense, not want to be teammates with him, or does that not matter to you? Or do you think, I mean, do you think it matters to other players? Thanks. I think it's a really good question because a lot of stuff that we talked about, you know, I, I, I personally was on the side of, I just don't want, I just don't want to bring it in here. You know what I mean? Like, I think I talked for eight minutes <laughs> solo about the situation. So I'm going to bring a whole eight minutes, but kind of summarize it. It's just not everything has been resolved yet. There's still pending cases out there. And my perspective, right? And I say it's my perspective. It's on the outside. And that's why I think having you on here and this perspective of that is very helpful because you've been on the inside. You've been in the clubhouses, right? But my perspective on the outside is seems like every team he's gone to, he hasn't left on good terms. You know, and like the, 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 the scenario brought up was Kutch, like a great play, like great example here. You talk about veteran presence, right? And we talk about how like this team needs veteran presence for how long? Kutch is that guy. You know, Kutch made so much sense. Of course, he's from here, but like Kutch embodies everything this clubhouse needed and this team needs, right? Everywhere Kutch went, he left. He was loved. And I'm not sure if I see that in Trevor Bauer, right? Now, he goes over to Japan, has all this. I'm not so sure if I'm seeing the path to redemption as well. Um, you know, 
again, like the example I brought up last night too was Michael Vick. Like Michael Vick did some really egregious stuff, right? Went to jail, paid his dues, came out, and he made an effort to change his image, do everything. You know, he was a big advocate for everything that he represented beforehand to change that, right? Got a second chance, earned that opportunity. And again, I said, I'm sure that like ownership, like everything top down had that conversation with him. You have that one-on-one with the man, you find out who he is and you go forward. And to me, it just seems as if, and especially since 30 teams are out there with the ability to sign them and sounds like they're really not touching him, makes me kind of feel like what I'm hinting to is probably true. So now, right, like the floor is yours here. You know, with that question, my biggest thing too was like the clubhouse. Like, do I want to bring that into the clubhouse with a very young, impressionable team right now? Touch, yes, right? Trevor Bauer, I'm not sure. So why just not, just just don't do it then? There's a lot that has to happen behind the scenes. Um, But bringing in the clubhouse, the guy... When he shows up to play, he plays. Um, I think most of his problems have been outside of the clubhouse. And he's shown for over a year plus, almost, I guess it'd almost be three years now, you know, hey, I- I'm doing things right. I mean, he's always given to charity, he's always given back. He's been a guy that's been at adamant about growing the game. And did he do it in some manners that people didn't like? Absolutely. But once again, like when's enough enough? And the guy's proven to me, and I believe a lot of others, I mean, Mookie Betts came out and said what a great teammate he was. And you say he left the Dodgers in, in, in ill will, but he didn't. He left because of an allegation and because, you know, they pretty much forced him out of the game and was one of the longest, you know, uh, restricted players in history, not, not guys that have failed drug tests two, three times or thrown families under the bus that have gotten death threats. I mean, this guy got allegated for something. Prove that his innocence and but he was guilty from the get-go because of who he was and how outspoken he was and that is what it is but i think once he walks in the clubhouse he's a competitor he's going to be great for the guys and if he's not you put that in his contract you, you put in his contract and make sure that you know hey you are on a short lease you need to prove yourself and he will i really believe that because japan is one of the hardest places to play when it comes to you know making sure that you're showing your manners, your values, your principles. They, they play a customary game that's completely different than ours. Like you're not going to see – occasionally you're going to see the bat flips, but that's just now getting into Japan because they didn't want to ever disrespect the game or disrespect the person they're playing. So he went over there and showed something, and they fell in love with this dude. He was a fan favorite. He gave back to the community. And I, I think you have to look at what he's done. And once again, he is represented by a female who has not left him from the get-go. Not one second has she left. And that says something to me that, hey, this guy has done everything in his power to prove not only to baseball, his, his, his teammates in Japan, other guys coming out to speak for him, but also his agent who could have left him in a heartbeat. And she was still right. going to get that retainer back. I mean, it wasn't going to change anything. But she's been outspoken. And I think you just have to put it in the contract. You know, there's a lot of guys in the NFL that have had allegations that have been proven that have, you know, they fought against and they've been on the right side of it, wrong side of it, and they get a chance. And you don't hear a lot after that. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. But I think somebody's got to give them a chance. And why not the Pirates? And I, I really believe that whatever you're scared of as a front office, you bring him in, you talk to him. And if you have to bring him two, three times, great. If you have to put him on a short lease, great. But 
give him a chance. You know, like I said, I really believe in forgiveness and grace. And this guy's been through a lot. I mean, there's nobody that's lost more than him. And that that's the toughest thing for, for, for me to look at and say, you know, we're witnessing one of the best pitchers in our lifetime, not be able to pitch in the game. And he's lost what 50 to a hundred million dollars, if not more. And he's literally kept his mouth shut. He hasn't pushed back. You know, he, he got kind of screwed when it comes to, you know, his restricted list and the arbiter that, you know, pushed him off to the side when, you know, our courts didn't find him guilty, but baseball did. I mean, it's, it's been a tough draw for him all the way through what he did or didn't do is beside the point. It's the fact that we're three years past it. Where are we going to move forward? Somebody's going to sign this dude. I don't know who it will be, but why not the pirates? We need him just as much as anybody. And I, I, I think giving him a chance, if it works, it's legendary. I mean, think about it. it, it it's it's the be- it'd be the best signing, for agent wise, that we've ever had. Yeah. Ever, you know. And I'll, I'll go to this. People didn't like Bonds. Dude's a <laughs> Hall of Famer, and yeah. I hope he's put in the Hall of Fame with the Pirates this year. And I hope it pushes so hard back at the Hall of Fame, you know, in Cooperstown, because right, wrong, or indifferent, whatever he did or didn't do, there's plenty of dudes that did that nobody knows about, and the reality of it is it's like, it's part of the game. So just make it part of the game. And I I think with Trevor, just make it part of who he is. Let's move forward. Let him try to have redemption. And if he does, let it be in a pirate uniform. So we get the benefit of that dude's arm and that dude's mind and his ability to, you know, change. And I'll go back to what you said. He did not leave Cincinnati in a bad way. He left as a Cy Young. And remember the Dodgers paid him the highest contract in free agent history. But is it fair to say, I mean, and those dudes do their due diligence. So yeah, did, did he like, so I want to make sure that like he didn't leave in you, ill terms on that. Yeah. Okay. And, and it's to be fair, you did bring up Arizona. You said after Arizona, cause Arizona absolutely, I mean, Miguel Montero certainly had some words. Yeah. About him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like you know, in Cincinnati, he throws the ball over the fence. He gets traded to Cleveland. I didn't hear about Mookie Betts, so that's something different. Um, again, you're in, you're more inside of baseball, right? So I, that's why I want to hear your viewpoint. It's like, do you hear players advocating for him? People advocating for him? Um, and then again, like the aspect. I think this is a great question too. Like the aspect of the clubhouse. Like, what do you see as far as that dynamic? Like, think about you're sitting in the Pirates clubhouse right now, and Trevor Bauer comes in. Is there a message to be sent? Is there like, do you guys talk this through? What what's 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 the approach? Because again, and I say this like he is polarizing, so I'm assuming not that this matters. But I wanted to kind of get the viewpoint too, like feel out. So I put a poll on Twitter, and it was le- legit, fifty one percent, forty nine percent, bring him in or not. I mean, like I said, this is as polarizing you get. So I could imagine twenty six guys. There's probably also different viewpoints on there. So like, what happens in a clubhouse if Trevor Bauer were to be signed? What would you anticipate? Nothing. Nothing? Especially with you sign Chapman, you have Bednar, who's a veteran now. You're putting together a group of guys, especially when it comes to arms. You have Keller that can kind of manage the clubhouse, and he doesn't have to do anything. He could just be another dude that just comes in and throws. He does have a big personality. He's going to get super enthralled into just about everything, I I would assume. And I think he'll do it in a positive way. 
because he did it last year in Japan and he wants to make this work. It's not like he wants to come in. He's hooting and hollering that I deserve this. I deserve that. He's literally pitching, you know, for himself on uh, news outlets, anybody that will take him and allow him to speak. He's just begging to get back into the game. And there's plenty of players that are speaking out for him now because it's been long enough and there's been enough allegations that have been squashed and, you can almost say that some people think he was the victim, whether he's not or is doesn't matter to me. I think showing up to a clubhouse, no matter your past, it's who you are right now. And if you show those guys that you're going to go out and give everything you have and you care about the dudes around you, nothing else matters, nothing. And if you do that day in, day out, that, that I guess goodwill just builds. And that's what I hope to see no matter what team he goes to. And I hope he gets a chance because I don't ever want to see that happen again. I, I hate what baseball's done with, with the steroid era. Like there's no other era that had issues. There's no other era. I mean, there's plenty of people that probably didn't get caught that are in the Hall of Fame. And it is what it is. For sure. Yeah. And it's just looking at it and saying, let's call it what it is. It was a different era. There was problems. We probably maybe fed into this issue pretty bad. Maybe we should take mm, some blame. No, probably they certainly did. <laughs> they certainly did, but they're never going to say that. Right. And the same thing could be said with Trevor Bauer. They fed that issue just as much as it happened. They, they polarized that issue as much as humanly possible because it was out in front constantly. And they came down on him with every hammer possible. And it wasn't, it wasn't one. It wasn't just one sided. It was only sided. And that's tough. You know, so guy's been out in left field. I, I hope he gets a chance, whether it's with the Pirates or not. Like I said, I, I hope it works. If it doesn't, you know, I'll be first one to say, like, I hate that that happened. But it's not proving me wrong or right. It's the fact that, like, I want to see grace. I want to see forgiveness. I want to see a guy that's really good at baseball get an opportunity, especially after three years. Gotcha. Fair. What? Again, and I, being a Pirates fan, why would I not want him to be a Pirate? As long as he's good. <laughs> well, I think he's proven that he's good. I mean, he's throwing 95, 96 in bullpens right now. Right. So I feel pretty confident that that'll go okay. Cool, cool, cool. No, I like that. Uh, appreciate it. And I don't know who mess like sent that message. I didn't say the name, but great question. I'm glad great you asked question. it. Yeah. Because yep. it, it is something that should be talked about. And like like I said, there's other free agents, but there's not a better free agent. So if you if you can justify signing Syndergaard for four million instead of Trevor Bauer for four million, like okay, cool. Like if that's what you want, but I, I don't know if that's what you want. If if you're trying to be the best team possible, I mean, thinking about having Mitch Keller, Trevor Bauer, one two punch, ouch! Like nobody wants to see that in the league. Nobody. And I don't know if it'll happen. I really don't. But if it does. I'll be happy and I'll pray every day that it works out. And that dude, yeah. that dude makes an impact in the community. No. And again, like uh, I'm not going to discount the baseball. Like you talk about Mitch Keller and Trevor Bauer. Like that is a absolute solid, if not really good one, two punch, yeah. you know? And again, like this, and I think again, like that's why this is such a polarizing topic right now, no because doubt. the position the pirates are in, like they need starting pitching and yeah. he is out there. So, yeah, that, that's certainly why we've been talking about it a lot lately because it's it's time, you know. So, um, but yeah, no, I appreciate your your insight on that. Um, I and did want to ask can something. I use one, like one thought. I I got yeah. to play with Josh Hamilton. 
Okay. Yeah. And he's a great example because there's a lot that people don't know. You give a dude a chance, you never know. And his his life's been really hard after base after baseball. Um, and he's lost his family, and and hopefully that's 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 changed over the last couple of years. But like, I just think about guys like him. You know, think about the kid that, you know, uh, he ended up uh, drinking and driving, and he he was he was in the World Series last year with Texas. I can't think. Of, I think he was with the Brewers some last year too. Uh, shortstop came a pitcher. Can't think of him. Yeah, we talked about last show too. And but, but yeah. both guys, both guys I played with, um, and I just think about those dudes. They got a chance, and the the, the man, they were. There's nobody on the planet that, that that was more disappointed than them. And I think that's what you could say about Trevor Bauer. If you sit down and talk to him, and he had a one on one with with Nutting and and Sherrington and Travis Williams, and they really sat in a room. This dude. Knows he messed up, and not not just from the allegations, just from you know being a kid, and and thinking you know he had to be something that he didn't have to be, and I think he's grown up from that, and you don't know until you know. So I think that's where it really comes in my heart. The passion is like, I don't want to miss out on a possible you know all star type arm coming to Pittsburgh, and and falling in love with it, and saying I want to stay here, and I'll stay here for less money because he's not he's not chasing money. He wants to be great in this game and remembered for you know being great not not for what he's being remembered for so i, I just think about that so much because once hamilton went to texas he never left he was never going to go anywhere else and i think that's that's important to remember because once he felt comfortable he felt like that was the, that was a place that embraced him loved him and gave him that opportunity he was going to give everything he had and i watched that dude fight and claw trying to get back on the field his last year and it, it was it was incredible He's like, yeah, I owe it to them. He didn't know them anything, but mm-hmm. in his mind, he did, and that's that's why I think maybe I push a little bit harder because I've seen it work time and time again, and I've seen what it's done to guys that didn't get back in the game. You know, I've seen guys really fall off the rails in a bad way just because they didn't understand why it was happening to them. I don't think that's going to happen to Trevor, but I've seen that in other cases. So I hope it works out for him. I hope he gets a chance and he can redeem his his career and itself. And if it doesn't work out, everybody was right. That seems to think they know what's going to happen before it could happen. But like I said, I would love to see a type of arm like that come in and do his thing and prove everybody wrong in a pirate uniform and us be like, yeah, we gave him a chance and we hope to make him a pirate for life. Yeah. <laughs> He's so sick. I'll, I'll say this though, you know, something that stood out is like the last part you said, like you've seen it time and time again, you know, that's why you root for that guy and such. And, like the one thing I talked about is just no matter what side you're on, you know, what, what I don't get is how you can like yell at a person because of like their, their thought process on this, because everyone has certainly different yeah. personal experiences that can lead them. You know, again, like I talked like, you know, if, if that was your mom, your sister, your daughter, I could fully understand why someone might not want to, you know, but like what you said there, I, I appreciate that also. Cause I can respect, cause you're coming to the viewpoint of you seeing this too often you kind of respect that. And, and again, like I can see why, you know, you certainly look at that side point as, as well. Um, but yeah. So, so again, like I, I really appreciate that, in, you know, insight here and in, in talk and um, we'll see what happens, I guess. <laughs> and, and, and like you said, if you're completely against what I'm saying, that's fine. Like, I'm not saying they have to sign it. I'm saying like, I feel like we have a good enough front office and we have great people that can draw up a contract to protect the players in the clubhouse, 
protect the community in a way that they feel necessary, but also feel like we have a bunch of dudes that see a guy that wants to play that has proven some things that could maybe give him some grace and lead him to a positive thing. Why not that be the community in Pittsburgh? Because we're Pittsburghers, right? Yeah. We're Yenzers. Like we'll help you get to where you need to go. Like we'll watch your back. And if you do something wrong, we'll be the first to throw you out of here. And I think that's, that, that, that's okay to say, you know, being a guy that lives here now is like, Hey, we, we have a high <laughs> standard. We want something out of you. You, you show it. We're going to love you. If you don't, we're going to kick you out of here. And I, I think, why not be, be here? You know, like I think a small market is, is a great place for him to start. And I think I really believe if it works out, he'd be all in to be here for life. And I'm perfectly fine. If it doesn't happen, I'm just saying, when you look at the ability out there, you cannot match his ability. Fair enough. So I want to ask you something else, and it kind of goes backwards. And it feels like a an ill will transition, but I promise it's not for that sense. But going back to Chapman, mm-hmm. okay, because we talk about the clubhouse. Um, and I think this is actually something to really talk about. I think you're a good person to talk about this too, as well, because you also endured those seasons. So mm-hmm. this Chapman signing also seems kind of weird for fans. And again, I'll have to talk about the, the domestic violence part. What I'm specifically talking to you apart is again the clubhouse, the fanhood, the you tried to murder Andrew McCutcheon, and Andrew McCutcheon is in that clubhouse right now, and you're on that team. Um, I want to ask you if you don't know, that's fine as well. But like, was there any dialogue with Kutch about like, hey, we're going to sign Chapman? No, there was no dialogue. Cool no, Nothing. but they were teammates in New York. Well, I know they were teammates, but oh. I'm assuming also the Yankees don't really care about whatever bad blood or whatever happened. No, but I, I think it was resolved there. I, I think they okay. were able to talk and get to know each other. Um, and too, like he knows it makes the team better. So I think his heart is to win and to be as good as possible and knows that this guy's a, an Uber competitor. And that was a time where, you know, it was a battle between the two and he was always going to be the dude that got hit because we were hitting the middle of their lineup. They were going to hit our middle lineup and right, wrong, or indifferent. I think Chapman would be the first to say, like, I didn't want to do it. I hated doing it, but it was where we were at. And, you know, Kutch was as mad as all get out, but he understands, you know, competitive nature of this game. And that, that's part of it. Um, was it okay? Absolutely not. But once again, I love the game policing itself. I love how the game has a funny sense of humor like this. And uh-huh. there's a chance that these dudes are hugging as we're, you know, winning the wild card. I mean, just think about that. Like you go all the way back to 2013. Well, well, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying just well, to make it wild. Division. Card, wild card. We're not going to be in the wild card. Yeah, Come I'm on. just saying I, going back I'm to 13 wild card, wild card. That was the year it all went down and that would be epic for me. And I think that's, what's so cool about the game is it it's a giant family. And when you put on that same uniform, you're fighting for your brother next to you. And it's not, what happened in the past is kind of forgotten and moved on. And I think that's exactly where those guys are at. Um, I kept, I texted cuts right after he signed and he's like, yeah, crazy. And just like me, like we both think we'd love to see another starter, but thinking about the depth that we have in the bullpen is, is remarkable. Cause if you can get the ball to him, you're probably going to win. Uh-huh. Cool. No, it's funny. You said that too. Cause like, I feel like that was everyone. Like you saw a Chapman sign and you're like, Whoa, what happened here? Then you're like, Cutch. <laughs> like yeah. that was everyone's like second thought, I feel like. Like wait yeah, a and I don't think it was a, even a thought in the front office. I don't even think they they may not even know about it, honestly. Okay. And cool. 
And I and I like that and I hate that at the same time. Yeah. Because I think the tradition I, here and the fan base and everything holds that tight. You know, the grudges and, and the competitiveness. I think they, they hold that in a way that you want to embrace it as much as possible. So I I think, <clears throat> you know, bringing it to light or just talking about it would have been really cool. But, yeah, I don't think they even had a second thought or even knew about it, honestly. That's fair. Probably likely. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you for that. So we'll get back to some more um, questions here. Uh, this one's pretty interesting. So we have a voicemail from Kyle. And as you see here, it's labeled the Bucko Gridiron. So this is going to be fun and interesting. What's going on, Fort? It's Kyle. My question for you here today in honor of the NFL playoffs. You had to put together an 11-man offense made entirely comprised of former Pirates players. Who would be on your roster? Interesting. So, yeah, Fort. Uh, 11 man roster, former Pirates. Now you have a plethora of players, right? Mm-hmm. Long standing Pittsburgh Pirates organization here. Who are you putting on this 11 man roster? Well, we're not going to have the size, right? So you're obviously. I don't know. Are you sure? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I'm, I'm. I don't know. I mean, think about. I mean, you got Hanrahan, who, who we put. And in the box up front, you have you have Bednar who you put right out there. Um, I think, um, but now that we have Chapman, I, I think he'd be an incredible receiver, um, an absolutely incredible receiver. You have Marte would be a great receiver. Kutch, I'd throw out there as a uh, maybe even a halfback for Kutch. Uh, Jay Hay would be my running back. The way he can dance and move, Ooh. maybe even fullback if I'm not the fullback. Um, but yeah, I think we we would make a really good team. I think the hardest thing would, to pick would be the quarterback. I feel like Tony Watson would be an absolute dime piece quarterback. Um, if not, he'd probably be my tight end. I'd put Jared Hughes on the line as well. Uh, I, I think he'd be a little bit psychopath, so I'd put him on the edge to make sure that like he was you know a little bit terrifying. Um, yeah, that's a yeah, good call. You know what I mean? I like, like that one. I think he'd be barking. He's not people. there. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's crazy enough to do it. Yep. And Dan, Daniel McCutcheon would be another, uh, slot receiver right next to Kutch. I, I kind of rotate them out. We, we definitely run a spread, um, hundred percent. So, I mean, you think about, we have a lot of dudes that can throw. So, but if Tony Watson was not my quarterback, he'd definitely be my tight end. Six, four, big, broad shoulders, uh, Really aggressive more than you think. And then, then that would probably put AJ Burnett as my quarterback. You know? Yeah. And then I'd put Rod Bras at center. Okay. Right? You see that? And then you have okay. to put you have to put Russell Martin somewhere. And maybe maybe another uh I don't know. Ooh. Russell, okay. that's underrated. I didn't think about Russell. Yeah, he he'd probably have to be either. You know, maybe he's like a Wes Welker type, you know, like he just kind of goes on the radar, but he catches everything and he's smarter. He's than too athletic. Else. He's got to be somewhere. Yeah. I mean, he, he'd probably, yeah. I mean, honestly, he'd probably be a great safety. Um, looking back at it, you know, if, if he's on defense, I mean, but I'm just talking about offense, 
you know? Right. And that's what this was alluded to is just offense. Yeah. Because yeah. in my mind, too, I'm thinking there's a lot of guys I love on defense. Yeah. A lot of guys I love on defense. You know, like Travis thinking about Snyder Jay Hay. One of them. Yeah. Travis Snyder. Absolutely. I put him in the box immediately or he'd yes. be a linebacker just hitting yes. people. But Jones yes. would be, a, Garrett Jones would be an incredible yeah. tight end um, or a defensive end. Mm. Polanco. Do you imagine that wingspan coming at you? Come on. So, yeah. Okay. I, th- I think we could put together a decent team. You know? I like I think that. You, Steve, you know, Steve Pierce would be a linebacker for me. Underrated speed. Really aggressive. Um, I think Ryan Domit would probably be a linebacker. I think he would hurt people. Um, just the eyes in general. Uh, him and Snyder, like, yeah, you're done. Yeah. That's – I'm not – I'm not running up. I'm not rushing up the middle. Right. We're you going have, all you outside. Have, <laughs> yeah. You, you have, you have lunchbox and the undertaker. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. We're done. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then underrated athlete, Joe Bimel. Really? Yeah. Joe Bimel, very underrated athlete. I, I, I would think, I mean, there's a lot of dudes, especially when you think about the type of offense we could run. Cause we could all throw a football, right? You could just like kind of just throw the ball to anybody and they're going to be able to throw it down downfield so you get really tricky and alex press would be my kicker wow you're going deep here you're going kickers even well he was he he was a guy that could have played collegiately soccer and if you've never seen him kick dude can kick he could punt he could kick um but yeah i would definitely put him in there i'd be back up unless there's somebody better because i wanted to kick in college uh but didn't work out yeah because i grew up with the colquitts yeah i grew up with the colquitts yeah they're gonna teach me how to punt yeah so I played soccer as a kid, goalie, and I had a good foot. But little guys usually didn't punt. And he was just going to teach me how to punt good enough to hopefully get a dual scholarship. Because I could kick Interesting. as a normal kicker, but I did not a punt. But if you can do both, going to a smaller college, Middle Tennessee, I, I would have been fine. So yeah. How about that? Yeah. That's interesting to know. Right? I, I like all that. I'll tell you where my head goes. So we, we actually agree on AJ. AJ at quarterback. Absolutely, because you know what? He would be like the absolute gunslinger too, I feel like. Like he's not going to play safe. mm -mm, We're going for scoring. (laughs) You know who else would be probably really good? Jay Hay. And then obviously Neil Walker Walker was a great wide receiver. Let's not forget about him. I was going to catch you on that. I'm like, come on, man. You're talking about the Pittsburgh kid, not even put him on the team, let alone at one of your wide receivers. So, yeah. 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 But I had – so my mind went to Marte, like, you are on the outside. You're a receiver as well. I mean, just too athletic, just too much of a specimen, mm-hmm. right? Cutch, the Florida boy. I mean, he's going to have to play somewhere skill set. I kind of, I, I like them at running back, like also too, because I mean, he's kind of, he's, he's a little thicker. You know, he's got that speed. Like I get himself back there. Um, And then again, like Neil Marte on the outside there. Um, I had Mike Lavalier at my, Oh, he's on. He's on the line, no doubt. Oh yeah, no, no, he's no, a, he's my no. center. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Okay. Rod Rod Barajas, right next to him, offensive tackle, maybe. Th- that's fine. That's fine. Okay. okay. What I said, okay. your your so your reason two behind your tight end made less sense. I went Josh Bell because I'm just like, Whew. I mean, I see. I see him a defensive player. Well, again. I agree. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's what why I said. I was... My mindset was there's a lot of defensive guys, but this was just offense, right? Um, but uh, honestly, I'm like, he could he could easily be the left tackle, but I just feel no like doubt. he's just too much of an athlete to to be there. 
but he's my tight end because he's basically a, a secondary left tackle who's also just going to just plow everyone over mm-hmm. and get the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so like I said, Marte, Neil, and then my third receiver was going to be Polanco because um, I hope less less Wrigley events, you need to not drop passes. But I mean, come on, that size, just throw the ball. Like he's like Lane at Pittsburgh, he's like your, your Plexico. Just throw the ball up there. It's gonna I like it. it. I like it. That's where I went with that, though. But I like yours, too. You had some deep cuts there also. Yeah, because I was thinking about offensive defense when, when we first, you know, started talking about it. I was thinking about, you know, an 11-man roster. You know, if you had to play guys both, like, both offensive defense, you know, you want you want as many skilled guys as possible. We'll figure it out. Yeah. But what I'll say, though, is, like, I feel like that's a talented football team right there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'd be way undersized, but we'd be okay. <laughs> there you go. I like it. Cool. Um, yeah. So then I guess we have uh, just one more question here for it. Hey, I'd like to place an order for pickup. I'd like a large pepperoni pizza with extra pepperoni, 20 medium buffalo wings, and an order of mozzarella sticks. The order name is Brad13. Thanks. Bye. Oh, maybe it was the wrong number. Well, first off, no address. No credit card number. Oh, Brad, we got to figure this out, big guy. And is that all for you? It could I be. mean, that's a that's a lot. That's a big order. That's a that's lot of a, money. That's a yeah. That's a lot of money. And from what I heard, money money's not coming to him very often. It, no. Right? Yeah. It's. I mean, that's the rumor. I heard he's looking <laughs> for a job. What are you doing to get eighty dollar orders in, Brad? Jeez, Louise. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how Brad can afford eighty dollars pizza orders and wings, That's, and with the price of wings these days, and mozzarella. He got two appetizers. He better be having a Super Bowl party. And I, I feel kind of disappointed we were invited. No address, no credit card number, no tip, nothing. Just an order. Oh, well, we know no tip. He's got no job. Yeah, we ain't, we ain't th- those those guys should be sensitive <laughs> to those hardworking people out there that are going to deliver that pizza. You know, and with your last name, you know it's going to be great pizza. I know, right? I know. Actually, I do make a good pizza. By the way, I put out there on Twitter. I'm a pizza snob, also. By the way, I'll just put out there. I detest bad pizza, and bad pizza is a a thing. So a large pepperoni for you is at least fifty bucks, right? Yeah. Those wings and mozzarella. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Sorry, Brad. No pizza for you, buddy. Yeah. Go. Go eat some hot dogs, Brad. How many can you eat at a NASCAR event? I want to know. <laughs> Let us know. Uh, we, we, we are standing above 20 with, with, I believe, Kyle it was. So, yeah, I want to know. How many can you eat? I, honestly, I still, I can't wait for us to do this one day. Yeah. And, I can't wait for us to try those hot dogs. And J- Jim, Jim will pay for the hot dogs because he's still cursed. <laughs> there it is. Yep. <laughs> awesome. J- Jim's my Matt Damon. Got to mention him every time. It's, oh, it's an absolute thing. I, I feel like on every show we're talking about hot dogs and gym in some capacity. Yeah. And now, now Brad, you've kind of fallen into this. So um, there it is. Maybe he should be an Uber driver. He'd go pick up his own wings. Get his own pizza. Yeah. That win win. Always thinking for it, man, the people. Yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome, Brad. Trying to, trying to, just trying to help out the people. <laughs> there it is. 
so good. well that was all the questions this uh this week um but again as always a really good show uh i loved everything we talked about and for you guys that want to ask a question again as always give us a call leave it on the voicemail 412-626-7479 we can have fort answer yours comment or you know pick up your pizza orders <laughs> So, uh, so that's that. So, hey, Fort, once again, appreciate you coming on. Have this talk. We'll be on again sometime next few weeks. And, uh, hey, we're also like three weeks away from pitch- pitchers and catchers reporting. Yeah, I can't it's, wait. Baseball season's coming. I, I, I can't wait. Uh, I'm, I'm super excited. Um, I think it's going to be a good year. I think it, this year is going to tell us a lot. So I'm really excited to see where it goes. So thanks for having um, me. Another good show. I'm excited. I'm really excited. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm it's it's back in my blood now. Like baseball season's back. I'm getting real pumped up. No matter what the Pirates do right now, I'm excited. Baseball's is coming back. Yeah, it's because it's 80 degrees right now. We're Shut we're in up. hockey weather up here. That's what we are. <laughs> Don't <Yeah>. hate. <laughs> it's easy. I'm sorry. You can enjoy it in a few weeks too. Touche. Touche. There it is. I'm just keeping <laughs> it warm for you. That's all. I'm just keeping Thank it warm for you. Thank you. Thank you. And in also, the meantime, man, the people. Yeah, absolutely. And in the meantime, if there's anybody out there that knows how to cure a curse, we're looking for somebody for Jim, uh, maybe some hash or whatever we have to do. We, we light it on fire, go around his house, whatever we have to do. Let's make sure we get that to go away prior to that first game in March. We, we need to get that done. Jim, Yes. We, we, we hope the best for you and hope this curse dies. So 412-626-7479, give us your curse recipe so we can absolve Jim from mm-hmm. all his mm-hmm. terrible sins. Whatever's allowed him, led him to this curse. I don't know. Something, something's happened to him this lifetime or the previous ones. Exactly. Exactly. Go to more Cincinnati games, Jim. Just not when the Pirates are playing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And if they start winning, even worse, even worse. <laughs> well, let's get out of here. Appreciate everyone for watching. We'll be back again. Bye-bye you all thank you for watching i know we try to provide the most entertaining content that we can uh, and we'd love to spread it to as many people as possible so uh, i know it doesn't seem like a lot but if you could take the five seconds to like this video and subscribe to the page it helps out so much more than you know thank you and let's go bucks